No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mendel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets wrapping up their road trip with a victory in the Show Me State, a 5-2 win for the Jets, winners of two in a row now as they wrap up this road trip with an effort I would say Mr. Ginsburg that was very tidy that would be how I would describe tonight's win for the Winnipeg Jets is tidy may they may have started so unlike my house the opposite uh, of my house right <laughs> yeah but uh, you know that I can't control or that I can't uh, that I can't comment on without uh, potentially getting some blowback from Naomi so instead I'll just talk about the Jets effort and, and I'll leave your house to being your uh, your 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 burden to deal with we're definitely uh, going to get our house in order. Unlike the Jets, who, as you mentioned, have yeah. won two in a row and points in seven of the last eight. Their house is in order right now. Their house is in order right now. Another division victory against the Blues, the team that they've beaten now twice on this year. And it was a bit of a slow start, I would say, to the game for the Winnipeg Jets. But really, you know, after they scored that opening goal... And, of course, we'll get into it all in the Betway game recap. From there on, it was really a, a one-sided effort. And you and I were talking about it a little bit off-air. The St. Louis Blues just aren't that good of a hockey team. I know they were close in the standings uh, to where the Winnipeg Jets were entering tonight's contest. But strictly watching those two teams, the St. Louis Blues just look almost like a bit of a lethargic team without an identity, without really a, a clear path forward. Whereas the Winnipeg Jets, as we've seen so often this year, are, are a good team at five on five. They were, of course, the better of the two teams at five on five today. And their bugaboo, which had been the special teams, well, we know that the special team certainly was a positive for the Winnipeg Jets in tonight's effort, uh, getting the two power play goals and not giving up anything, uh, well, shorthanded uh, uh, on the flip side, of course. Yeah, Drew, the Jets almost bowled a perfect game on the power play. It looked like they might go three for three there and mm -hmm. you know, three power play goals in the last couple of games. And I agree with you, by the way, about the Blues. Like, nice beer that you've got there. I hear that it's beer. A very, very tasty, tasty one. In case, in case you folks haven't seen it, Illegal Curve Lager, courtesy of our friends of Farmery Brewing, so a new partnership that we've recently announced. So if you haven't, uh, if you didn't watch the post-game show, I guess, on Saturday afternoon, and you, this might be your first time seeing this, it's Illegal Curve Beer, available at Farmery Brewing Number 2 Donald Street. So drink up. I'm surprised you don't have one uh, next to you, as far as I can see, at least. But uh, my wife's I'm away. I'm also surprised, because so usually I'm the one that, that's drinking a beer on this show. But good on you, Drew. I, I've, I've already had, I think, uh, three or four of them. They're they're absolutely delicious, and I echo your, your yeah. comments. Big thanks to Farmery Brewery. We're really excited about this partnership. I mean... Like it's it's something that we've uh, we've known about. We've kept it a secret since the summer, so it's yeah. it's good that you know people are finally able to go buy it and, and enjoy it. Um, getting back to what you were saying though about the the Blues, like they kind of remind you of I don't know like the Detroit Red Wings or maybe the Arizona Coyotes from a few years back, like teams that really just don't have an identity. And as long as you have players like Robert Thomas and Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich. Jordan Cairo, 
uh, you know, Colton Pareko, Justin Falk on the back end, Tori Krug. Like, they're a respectable team. They're a bona fide NHL team, but like, you clearly miss Vladimir Tarasenko. You clearly miss Ryan O'Reilly, right? Like, you just don't have well, a they... lot of game breakers. Like, I really like Thomas. Like, he scored St. Louis's first goal, and we'll also get into that in the Betway game recap. But they're just not. They're just not a very good team. Like, there's just not like when you compare the Jets to the Blues, and, yeah. and both teams are relatively healthy. Obviously, the Jets are missing Velarde, and I guess to a lesser extent, Hainola. Who knows if he would have been in the lineup in right. the top six? But this Blues team just is is middling, right? And I think it's going to be hard for them. I look at like we talked about this on on Saturday's show, and obviously you guys touched on it on on the post game show. Like the Coyote, to me, the Coyotes are a better team than the Blues. They, they at least have, I would uh, describe more upside or, or or sort of a more joie de vivre in, in how sure. they play the game. The Blues, you know, th- there are talented members of the St. Louis Blues, but they just seem so lethargic tonight, you know, and, and I don't know how much of that has to do. Look, I am not a fan of Jordan Binnington. I will say that, you know, you know <laughs> yeah, he went on an that's incredible... Going back, that's, that's prior to, uh, that's prior to last year. That's going back to like 2019 now. Well, look, Bennington went on an incredible run with the Blues and, and you know, to, to lead them to the Stanley Cup. And you can never take that away. Banners fly forever, as the old adage goes. But Jordan Bennington, to me, just seems like a detriment in that net. I mean, you can't rely on him. And, I mean, as we saw on Kyle Connor's second right. goal, tonight's game which we'll break down as we get into it here on the betway post game show he's just not a guy that you can rely on and so if you're playing in front of bennington you know i i just you know just he's he's emotional and not emotional in the good sense of the word he's just unreliable and a bit of a head case this blues team just doesn't seem like a team that enjoys being around one another and i don't know if uh, you know, a coaching change is the solution. I don't know that that's the option. They, they, they have more talent on the roster than the way they play the game, as far as I'm concerned. And the Jets today just, you know, took over this game. And there was sure. no pushback. And so, you know, kudos to the Jets for doing that. It took them a little bit. And they sort of uh, took them about six, seven minutes in the game to sort of get their skating legs, I would say. But really, once they pushed against the Blues, the Blues just crumbled. And at no point in time, after the Jets took a couple goal lead in tonight's game, even after it was two, even after Robert Thomas cut it to two one, did I really think that there was a big threat here? And I'll point it out, Ezzy, that Connor Hellebuck looked pretty shaky in tonight's game. If it wasn't for you know how many pucks did the Jets you know sweep off the goal line or or have defensemen make impressive saves on when Hellebuck was not his well, usual self and more sort of flailing around in, in the net a little bit right and and i think the chance that the well there were a few chances Pavel Buchnevich had a really good scoring chance but Braden Shen uh he whiffed on it but then he obviously scored the goal that that was a shaky goal i yeah, mean that Hellebuck's got to stop awful. that one and and nobody's going to blame you know Hellebuck you know for the totality of this game because obviously the Jets got the 5-2 win but yeah Hellebuck was a little bit shaky and you're you're probably right Drew like you know the the Blues I think are I mean if they make the playoffs I think that's probably their ceiling this year I don't think anybody thinks they're going to go on a run when you're talking about Bennington he's just so unpredictable like he can give the Blues good goaltending where the hell was he going on that fourth goal (laughs) well yeah that was just a gift right and it, it was also just communication because it was poor coverage 
uh was it Tory Krug that pair that was out there yeah, for the we'll Blues I know Tory Krug was was the defenseman out there for the Blues uh I forget who the other defenseman is because his partner is uh Justin Falk so I forget if it was Krug and Falk out there but you're right I mean that's that's a misplay that's a turnover and that's you know good play by Shifley obviously to get it to Connor but yeah I mean like you have to ask yourself like is this the beginning of kind of a, a rebuild for the blues? Because clearly they're not really, you can't really say they're rebuilding. You just go up and down that roster. Like you look at the defense alone, we were just talking about it, but like when you're talking about Letty and Pareko, Krug, uh, well, Marco Scandella, I mean, these guys are, you know, late twenties, early thirties, all of them. And same thing goes for the forward group. So I look at the blues and, you know, I think if they're out of it, uh, clearly you know a couple of weeks before the trade deadline to me the blues are a perfect candidate to be a seller well look look this this isn't a you know we're not going to delve too much deeper into the st louis blues simply because you know the, obviously that's not the the main focus of the of this of this post game show but you know this was just a team that you know the, the jets took advantage of that and this is so often what you wouldn't see from the jets especially the second it, period drew sorry to cut yeah. you off like the second the first you know seven eight nine minutes of that second period it was all jets i forget what the shots were it was something like eight to one or nine to yeah. one and, and and it wasn't like it was just the shifley connor ifalo line and obviously we're going to talk a lot about that line because they were by far the best line mm-hmm. in this game for both teams and no but it was it was every line i mean ehlers perfetti nemestikov i mean it was just what? wave after wave for the jets and yeah the blues like they were having trouble getting out of their own zone they were having trouble putting a couple of passes together mm-hmm. and they got better you know towards the end of the second period but to your point in the third period you know they make it a little bit interesting but it wasn't exactly like you know a, a colossal you know pushback like like the blues looked like they were just kind of happy to be in that game for the most part yeah i i would agree with that there there was just they they really and they won up. their last two games right like they beat the devils and the habs back to back they scored 10 goals Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there were one or two empty netters there, but you know they 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 had entered this game having won a couple of games in a row at home, and they were only one point behind the Jets. Even though I think the Jets have played one more game, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But yeah. I, I I think by the time the season is over, Drew, I don't think the Blues are going to be anywhere close to the Jets. Like I have the Blues kind of in sixth or seventh in the Central. Yeah, I I just somewhere, didn't see a lot there. I didn't see a lot out of them uh, in in tonight's contest. But from the Jets' perspective, I mean, they're in this middle of the stretch against Central Division teams. You know, so you beat Arizona clean on Saturday afternoon. That's a good victory. You beat the Blues clean tonight. That's a good victory. You go home on Thursday. You got a Nashville Predators team that has been struggling to start the year. Again, very average at best. Then you got the Dallas Stars on Saturday night uh, or Saturday afternoon, rather, in, in, in a, you know, a bit of a step up of a contest. But the Jets and the and the Stars are certainly, you know, there's a one point separating the two of those teams. So, you know, when you can win in division, when you can win your games against your divisional opponents, good things are going to happen to you. And that's certainly where the Winnipeg Jets have been so far this year. You look at them, you know, they've beaten the Blues twice now. They beat the Coyotes. I think those are the only three games they played against Central Division opponents. But, you know, take care of the games in division. Yeah, it's and... kind of weird, actually. There, there haven't been a lot of uh, Central Division games so far. They're, they're mm-hmm. obviously, you just mentioned Nashville, Dallas coming up. But, yeah, I think they've, they've only had three of 11 so far or three of yeah. 12. 
three of 12 now. So whatever yeah. it is, you know, for good for the Winnipeg Jets, taking advantage of it and getting a, a clean two points to end the road trip with it, with a two win, one loss record. So, you know, and nobody's, they, the Jets certainly have nothing to apologize for tonight's game. There's areas to clean up. Connor Hellbuck wasn't uh, fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but a five, two victory is a five, two victory. And that's where the Winnipeg Jets were tonight uh, with their win over the St. Louis blues. Let's get into it. The goal by goal goal breakdown that we do it on each and every edition of the Betway Illegal Curve post-game show. It's the Betway Game Recap. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, mentioned a bit of a slow start for the Winnipeg Jets in tonight's game. St. Louis was the better of the two teams early on. Uh, if it wasn't for a number of, uh, I think it was the Dylan DeMello big save uh, that kept it 0-0 before the Jets were able to get on the board. And it was on the power play, the woeful Winnipeg Jets power play, a power play that had been the on the receiving end of a multiple multitude of slings and arrows were successful to start tonight's game at the 844 mark of the first period. It's Mark Shifley. He gets his fifth of the season assist to Alex Iafalo and Kyle Connor. Very nice passing play. Uh, Robert Thomas is slow and late to react. He's the He's the the forward who needs to be tying up Mark Shifley. He's slow and late to react to it, and Shifley makes no mistake and is unmolested next to Jordan Bennington and deposits it behind the the Blues goal goalie to make it one nothing for the Jets. As a yeah, it's all about the the puck movement here, and also just I think use on this particular play. Iafalo knows that Kyle. Everybody knows in the NHL. I mean, if you don't know that Kyle Connor is who the Jets are trying to you know open up for a shot, then you haven't been watching their power play. But as you mentioned earlier, uh, three goal power play goals in the last two games. So the, the power play right now is playing with a lot of confidence. And mm -hmm. we've talked about that so much when, you know, you get one power play goal, usually usually there's a snowball effect. So I just like how IFLO, I mean, it's a nice quick pass. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I like Perfetti's movement there. I like IFLO's movement. I just like the way the Jets seem to be playing on the power play with more intention, right? Like, I know it's a cliche, but... It just seems like you know they they're more focused. The passes are crisper. Um, it's just and and we knew the power play goals were going to come. I mean, it was it was a matter of time. I don't think anybody expects the Jets to score two power play goals every single game. But mm -hmm. yeah, I loved I loved the quick puck movement there, uh, and obviously nice nice pass to Iafalo, and uh, yeah, just nice nice finish by Shifley who. I, honestly, that might have been his best game of the season. I thought Shifley was excellent tonight. He had three points, but I just like overall how he was playing. Yeah, the Jets' top line. The the uh, you know the, you know uh, I know that uh, everyone had been talking about the Appleton, Lowry, and Niederreiter line. Uh, interesting enough, that was one of their poorer efforts uh, in recent days. They actually were the Jets' uh, worst of the four t uh, lines in terms of possession. Still p possession positive, but uh, only at fifty three percent. I have followed Shifley and Connor, who needed a bounce back game, certainly got it. Uh, they well, and, got and to me, Drew, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say they had a, they had 68% of the possession in tonight's game when they were on the ice at five on five. So that line definitely got the bounce back game that they needed. Right. And I mean, nobody expects Lowry Appleton and Niederreiter 
you know, to score three or four goals every single game, right? Like, of course not. Let's be, let's be clear here. I think we all had high expectations for that line, uh, mainly with Nino Niederreiter being on that third line as opposed to being in the top six, right? So I think that line deserves a lot of credit. But, I mean, with the ebbs and flows of a season, that's what should happen, right? Like, your top two line should be driving the bus, and so that allows your third line, you know, to, to have maybe an off night every, you know, two or three games. Hopefully it's not every two or three games, but you know what I mean. I, I don't think any. I don't think anybody's gonna, you know, have too many problems with uh, the Lowry line. They've been fantastic, exceeding expectations, you know, early on this season. So yeah. I agree. I mean, they they weren't very noticeable. And I know we want to get into the next goal here, but I thought Kupari, Baron, and Gustafson that was maybe you know their best game in in a yeah. while. I'm not going to say it was their best line. Pardon me, best yeah. game of the year, but they were noticeable out there. Kupari drew a penalty. Um, and you know, I, I just love how how hard that line works, mm-hmm. and they're tough to play against. Like they're, we talked about it. That's you know probably the Jets' best fourth line since that seventeen eighteen run. No question about it. And uh, so Jets get a one nothing lead, and, and you know uh, as good as it was seeing the power play succeed, almost equally important is can't overlook the fact that the Jets' penalty kill succeeded in killing off the early minor to Neil Pionk. Pionk had taken a penalty at the four thirty one mark, so the Jets' PK, which had been so problematic for so long to start this year, uh, you know was able to kill off that penalty. They only took two penalties in the course of the game. The Jets did, and they killed both of them off. So again. Another good performance uh, by the PK today as it's maybe beginning to round back into form or the form that we had expected it was going to play at. So I don't, nothing... don't want to pick on the blues here, Drew, but I don't know what 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 they're at now. I know it was like 3.2. How is the blues power play that bad? Like that is like I don't know what that that has to be like an all-time bad power play through the first 10 or 11 games of the season. Like it's really hard. To, to, to be under 5% in the end. 3.7% is where their power play success rate is at right now, which is, uh, I mean, but does not, that include not good. tonight? It probably went down after tonight. Uh, let me see. That it's is probably, after 10, it it's after 10 games. So that wouldn't include yeah. tonight's game because this was the St. Louis Blues' 11th game. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it is now less than 3.7%. Uh, like yeah. even though you don't have Ryan O'Reilly or Vladimir Tarasenko anymore, you've still got Jordan Cairo and Robert mm-hmm. Thomas and Tori Krug. I mean, Pavel Buchnevich, I think, is an underrated player. I mean, in, you look at his numbers with the Rangers; he was overshadowed by you know Panarin and Zibanejad and and Kreider, right? So mm-hmm. they've got lots of skill. So I mean, I didn't expect you know the Blues to necessarily be at forty percent, but three point seven percent. I almost had to do like a, a like a, a double, double take. take. Like I was like, what? Three point seven percent? It's uh, that's pathetic. That that is pathetic. You are absolutely right about that. Uh, there's no uh, no way to sugarcoat that. I, I would agree with you there, Mr. Ginsburg. Uh, so one nothing for the Winnipeg Jets uh, after the Shifley power play goal. They make it two nothing at the sixteen fifteen mark of the first period. And if you if you weren't happy for Neil Pionk here then I'm not really sure. Uh, you might need to check your pulse, make sure that uh, that, that you're, you're still around with us. Because given the emotional, the, the emotions that he's been feeling as he's, as he's articulated and spoken about uh, over the last number of, of weeks since the passing of, of Adam Johnson, uh, it's great to see Neil Pionk getting his first goal of the season at the 16-15 mark. And it also doubles as our Seagram shot of the game. 
the Seeger shot of the game. As I mentioned, Neil Pionk gets that first of the season to give the Jets a 2-0 lead. Shifley finds Pionk, and he walks in. And, you know, Neil Pionk has certainly had his ups and downs over the last number of years, but his offensive upside is certainly uh, still on display, and this was a very nice shot. Obviously, our Seagram shot of the game, and, of course, makes it 2-0 for the Winnipeg Jets uh, at this point in time, Ezzy. Yeah, and got to give credit to Alex Iafallo, who makes a nice play, turns the puck over. It's Jordan Cairo along the boards, and yeah. Iafallo gets it to Shifley, as you mentioned, and then Shifley finds Pionk, and he has a lot of time and space, uh, but it's a nice shot, uh, far side, uh, uh, glove side on uh, Jordan Bennington. Pardon me, blocker side on Jordan Bennington. And, yeah, it's just a, a nice, nice play, and I agree with you 100%. Like, we talked about it on Saturday morning show, uh, all the Minnesota guys attended Adam Johnson's funeral. And as you mentioned, you know, Pionk took that penalty. The Jets were able to kill that off. Uh, so, I mean, very deserving of the Seagram shot of the game. That's the least we can do. And yeah. I don't know if you caught that, but, you know, I saw, I know Kyle Connor was on the ice, uh, obviously, because it was the Shifley line. And, you know, he said something. And I, I, you got to think he said something like, you know, that's for Adam. Or, I, I mean, you could tell that was a different the- type of celebration. Yeah, you could see the emotion on the ice. Uh, you could see the emotion on the bench. Uh, that was just, that's just a nice scene. That's just a nice scene right there uh, for a guy who's going through a real difficult time. So, you know, good for Neil Pionk to get his first of the year and give the Jets the 2 nothing lead uh, at the 16-15 mark. The Blues get on the board 40 seconds later, uh, get a bit of a keystone cops for the Winnipeg Jets in their own zone. They fail to clear a couple of times. Nate Schmidt gets bodied off the puck. I think it was David Gustafson. Uh, who fails to clear the the second time. And I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Dylan Sandberg as well who fails to clear. So they have failed zone exits out of the defensive zone. And then eventually it gets onto the stick of Robert Thomas. And he absolutely wires it past Connor Hellbuck to cut the Jets lead from 2-0 into 2-1 with three minutes and five seconds to go in the first period. Yeah, and we talked about you know the fourth line a little bit earlier, and this was the Jets' fourth line, as you mentioned. Gustafson, Robert Thomas lifts the stick of of Gustafson. I really like Thomas. I mean, I, mm-hmm. the Blues might not be a very good team, but I'll, I'll he's a good I'll, player. I'll always praise guys like Thomas, and and you know I've always liked Jordan Cairo, uh, and then we they've got some other good players as well. They're just they're just they they lack game breakers. That's the way I would describe the Blues, and and that I would agree too. The Jets are just a faster team. And that, mm-hmm. to me, is is really what exposed the Blues, especially in the first 10 minutes of the second period. But, yeah, I mean, the Jets had an opportunity to clear it. Um, Thomas, you know, lifts the stick of Gustafson. They can't clear it. Schmidt can't really get control of it. So Robert Thomas just has time, spins around, and, you know, it's a nice shot on, on Connor Hellebuck. But that definitely was not a good sequence for the Jets. I agree with you, what you said earlier too, Drew. Like, for the most part, you know, the Jets were solid defensively. They stayed in the structure and all those hockey cliches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't give up a lot of odd man rushes. Uh, but on this particular play, they I don't know if it was at the end of the shift or what it was, but yeah, the fourth line just had some trouble clearing the puck and Robert Thomas made them pay. Yeah, exactly right. 2-1 after the first period at this point in time for the Winnipeg Jets, a period that was a mixed bag. You know, the St. Louis Blues were certainly the better of the two teams to start the game, and they ended up out shooting the Jets 12-10 uh, in the first period. Not that shots are the be-all and end-all, but possession-wise, it was the closest of the three periods in tonight's game. 
uh, where possession in the first period, if I can scroll quickly, was almost even. In fact, it was in the Blues' favor, 54% to 46%. Uh, but then from then on, the second period onwards, it was really all for the Winnipeg Jets. Shots on goal in the second period, one-sided, 17-6. to six in the Jets' favor possession, one-sided, 64% to 36% for the St. Louis Blues, uh, or pardon me, for the Winnipeg Jets, and it was one-sided on the scoreboard as well. And it comes on the power play to begin at the 434 mark of the of the uh, second period on a power play goal, Kyle Connor, uh, his seventh of the season, assist to Josh Morrissey and uh, Alex Iafalo. Uh, Alex Iafalo has a three-point night already just that quickly. And it's a bit of a fluky one. It's a shot from Connor that really doesn't appear as though it's going to be threatening as he but it appears to deflect off of Nick Letty's stick and Jordan Bennington does not react well to the deflection and it goes in the net and they don't ask how they just ask how many. And for the Winnipeg Jets, this made number three, giving the Jets a three, one lead at this point. We talked about it on the Jets first goal, Shifley, right? Who are they always looking to rip that one timer, Kyle Connor? And this is not a vintage Kyle Connor goal. As you mentioned, <laughs> goes off Nick Letty's stick or skate or whatever, yeah, I think Cole Perfetti, you know, he was he was in motion. He was providing a little bit of a screen, a little bit of a moving screen, if you want to call it that. So, I mean, the Jets' power play seems to just be clicking the way you would like it to be. And, you know, th this is pretty much just like put it on net and you get a, a lucky deflection. But um, definitely give a lot of credit to Rasmus Kupari, who drew that penalty. As mm -hmm. we mentioned, the fourth line was on the ice for the Blues' first goal. Uh, but I thought they got a lot better as the game progressed. And, you know, I like that Scott O'Neill is using that fourth line. Even when the Jets were protecting a two-goal lead in the third period, he was putting Kupari out there with uh, Morgan Barron and David Gustafson. So, yeah, that was uh, – you can't really, uh, you know, dissect that one too much. That's yeah. just, a, you know, a one-timer that goes off of Letty Stick. Yeah, sometimes good things happen just putting the puck towards the net. And that was one of those instances where a good thing happened and the Winnipeg Jets power play, all of a sudden it's clicking. It's on fire, as he Two for two to start tonight's game. Uh, with This this one came with uh, Kevin Hayes in the box. Uh, he was pretty invisible, I thought, for the for the St. Louis Blues tonight. Uh, so many of the Blues players were. So not to pick on Kevin Hayes. But I thought you were going to say he was pretty invisible when the Jets acquired him in 2019. <laughs> you know, Remember that, he ended uh, up playing on the fourth line that year. You know, it's sleeping. Uh, sleeping dogs can lie on that one. There's a lot of people who think that he was misused by then head coach Paul Maurice, but uh, I don't think we need to rehash that one right now on the post game show. But nonetheless, uh, that the Winnipeg Jets lead after 40 minutes by a 3 1 margin, just a dominating uh, second period for the Jets. You know, they just took control of the game after the first period uh, that had been much more even. And then that second period was one sided, and the Winnipeg Jets decided, look, we're just going to. Uh, take control. We're going to break the will of the St. Louis Blues and kudos to the Winnipeg Jets for doing so and being able to do so on top of that. It's really got to be demoralizing for an opponent when another team can come into your arena and just take control of the game and that's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets did and this as we mentioned was a game where Connor Hellebuck was not at his best so it was a complete team effort uh, especially in the Jets own zone 
uh, in to keep the Blues off the score sheet. But it's a lot, you know, if your goal is struggling, a good piece of advice would be control the possession and keep the puck in the other team's zone, and your goalie struggles won't be that big of a deal. And that's what the Winnipeg Jets did, uh, certainly in the uh, in the second period onwards tonight, as he. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not sure if I can, you know, get right into the the fourth goal. We talked about it. Uh, I agree. I mean, I think that second period was maybe their best period since the first game against the Flames, right? Like the, the Jets have had some good periods, don't get me wrong, um, but just at even strength. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were able to get changes in and they were able to basically do whatever they wanted. Like the Blues were uh, like a deer in, in the headlights, right? Like yeah. they just they 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 were flat footed. They couldn't get the puck back. Um, it was just complete domination by the Jets' top three lines. Even the fourth line, as we talked about in the second and third periods, was really noticeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agree 100% that the Jets were imposing their will, dictating the pace. Uh, you know, we mentioned that the shots were eight one nine one. And yes, you're right. The shots aren't everything, but in a game like that, I mean, yeah. it was just the Jets out skating and outworking the Blues, simply put. I mean, the Blues just didn't look like a very good team. And that's what you want to see. Like, the Jets have that ability. I don't think anybody's going to say the Jets are the best team in the league. But even, you know, let's say Vegas, who, yeah. who many people consider still one of the best teams in the league. I still do. I mean, they're still defending cup champs, right? Yeah. Go back to that game in Vegas, which started off this road trip. I mean, it's a one-goal game. And then the Appleton double minor comes, right? So, I mean, overall, even though the Jets didn't get any points in that game, I mean, the Jets are playing really well. We talked about it, points in seven of their last eight, right? And we're not going to plan the Stanley Cup parade route right now. But, look, you got to give them credit when they're playing well. When they're playing poorly, you know, you can't sugarcoat it, but you got to give the Jets a lot of credit. This was probably their best road game of the year, to be honest with you. Well, you know what? It's it's like what Mason Appleton said after the game in Arizona. He said, we're going to get the special teams figured out. And tonight they certainly did, uh, you know, scoring two on the power play, not giving up any shorthanded. But the way they've been playing five on five, if they get the special teams, uh, you know, figured out, then they're going to be a, a difficult team to handle, uh, at least right now. You know, And who knows what the rest of the season will, will, sure. will happen. We saw what happened last year, of course, as the season went on. But right now, this Winnipeg Jets team is not a particularly fun team to play against if you're one of their opponents they're playing with confidence and they're certainly playing with a lot of skills you mentioned the third line drew like you know there was mason appleton had that breakaway late in the third period like so even though that line you know wasn't uh you know an a plus it wasn't an a plus game uh they were they were still you know better than the blues third line that's for sure so i mean if, if if the third line is still outplaying the other team's line but they're not playing that well that shows you, you know, how well the team is playing as a whole, right? So, um, yeah, with the exception of, you know, uh, the, the weak goal um, in the third period that Hellebuck let in, I think, you know, you're not really that upset with that much in this game. Like, you, you really aren't. Like, it's, uh, you, you, you pretty much dominated a team on the road, and that's a good way to end a road trip. Uh, you're you're right about that. Uh, three so three one for the Winnipeg Jets after forty minutes. If you're just joining us, welcome. This is the Illegal Curve post game show presented by Betway. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsburg with you on this Tuesday night. Reminder: We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, so we'll do it again on Thursday night following the Jets and the Predators as the Jets return home for I believe it's a five game homestand if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, so that'll be certainly a busy time ahead for the Winnipeg Jets on home ice saturday we will have the illegal curve hockey show at 9 a.m getting you set
set for two o'clock's puck drop between the Jets and the Dallas Stars. And of course, the West Division final between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the BC Lions will undoubtedly come up in conversation as well. Saturday is going to be a huge day for Boston pizza. Let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of (laughs) beers consumed at Boston pizza this Saturday. That's right. Boston pizza, of course, one of the great sponsors of this here illegal curve post game show three, one for the Winnipeg jets at this point, they make it four, one early in the third period. So any thoughts of a St. Louis blues comeback were quickly uh, snuffed out. Kyle Connor gets his eighth of the season, his second of the game, his third point of the game. Mark Shifley gets the assist. That's Shifley's third point of the game as well. And Ajax, Alex, I follow. How about four assists for him tonight? He gets an assist on this one as as well. And look, I I just don't understand what Jordan, I know, I, I just don't understand where Jordan Biddington's going here. There's not an opportunity for him to be playing the puck in this situation. It's just like he, he just wandered out of the net for whatever reason he went there in the first place, got caught behind the net, and, and, and then, you know, Shifley to Connor for one of the easier goals Kyle Connor's ever going to score. Jordan Bennington is just, I mean, this was a perfect example of why I believe he's unreliable as a starting goaltender. I, I, he's just too much of a, he's just, he's, he's just not reliable enough. And this is another example of it. Stay in your net. Where are you going? There's no play. There's no outlet play to be made here by, by leaving your net. It, it wasn't an opportunity for the goalie to be playing the puck yet. For some reason there he was behind the blues net. And drew oftentimes, like when a, when a goalie goes behind the net to stop the puck, it's a dump in, right? But the jets, had possession in the blue zone for 30 seconds, right? Like Morrissey right before this goal, absolutely ripped a shot that missed the net. Yeah. Um, And I agree with you. Like, I'm not sure why Bennington needed to do that because it was Shifley and Justin Falk behind the net. And give Shifley credit. I mean, he outworks Justin Falk. Tori Krug's also behind the net. But Tori Krug, to me, was there to make the play, to cut the puck off. uh, And then he, he was surprised. You could tell he was surprised that Jordan Bennington left his net. Because he he was slow to react to the play, and Kyle Connor beats him to the front of the net, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it was just it was it, it it was you can't say it was poor communication. It was just it was just a poor decision by Bennington to leave the net, and then the Blues just weren't really tight when tight with their checking. Uh, Falk on Shifley behind the net, and same thing with Krug on Connor. Like it was just and and then you think about you know the goal that Braden Shen scores. Yeah, I mean, if they don't allow that goal, then they they probably a, have a chance of tying the game three, up. It's a three-two game as yeah, opposed but to you're, you're not going to you're not going to come back down three goals with the way Hellebuck has been playing lately. And obviously, you know that was a soft goal, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you you basically that goal was the killer. I mean, it was the absolute killer in a game which the Blues were being dominated by the Jets at five on five. That was just an absolute gift. So I agree with you. Like, look at I think a few years back when you know we were talking about like if. Canada went to the Olympics or the World Cup. Bennington was in that conversation, like around 2019. After they won the cup, he exactly, was exactly the yeah. year after they won the cup. Now nobody's going to say, you know, Jordan Bennington. And again, we're not attacking Jordan Bennington, uh, you know, his character. It's just as a goaltender, you're right. The highs are high, the lows are low. He just doesn't he doesn't give you the type of goaltending that you need. And good, the good thing is they have Winnipeg's Joel Hofer. Right, I'd rather I'd rather run with Hofer for a while if if you're. Well, the I wouldn't be surprised point. if they, especially like I said, I mean it's early, it's eleven or twelve games into the season, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know Hofer starts to get more starts in the second half of the year. 
Because obviously Jordan Bennington, you know, he's still their number one goaltender. But you wonder how long it's going to be before Hofer, you know, takes that crown. Because Bennington, he's just, he's very unpredictable and very inconsistent. And look, at he made some big saves earlier in this game for the Blues. But then he kind of, you know, erased that with that giveaway behind the net. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, 4-1 for the Winnipeg Jets at that point in time. And then, as you mentioned, Ezzy, uh, the Blues cut into it. 4-2, Braden Shen gets his second of this season. Assist to Tory Krug and Justin Falk. This is Tory Krug's first assist of the year. And I believe he was banged up. So I, that probably uh, explains a lot of it. But you still expect more from Tory Krug uh, than just having uh, one, than this being his first assist uh, on the season in his 10th game played. So if he was banged up, you only missed the game game or so that's that would be about it um you, you know you, you want more from Tory Krug if you remember the St. Louis Blues it's a bad goal this isn't a good one for Connor Hellbuck to give up it's it's an ugly one it's a weak one the Jets are fortunate that it comes at a time when they've already got a three goal cushion and it's not going to turn into anything worse than it was but it was definitely a goal that had a, a fair bit of an odor on it yeah, I for a guy that has an odor on him, I can definitely speak to that, Drew. I mean, no, I mean, look, it, it's it's a weak goal, and and Neil Pionk is the right shot, right side defenseman there, and yeah, he's backing in a little bit, right? So maybe you'd like to see you know Pionk step up a little bit there. It's the third line out there, but it's it's an even strength situation. In fact, it's a two on three for the Blues, right? Right. I'm just looking at the replay here, almost like a two on four. So, yeah. I mean, the Jets have... It's not a score. It doesn't look like a scoring no, opportunity coming down it's not a dangerous scoring here. opportunity. So, that's just one that Hellebuck has to stop. And like I said, Hellebuck has been so good as of late. You know, we're not going to give Hellebuck a hard time here. But he mm-hmm. will tell you himself that that was a, a weaker goal. So, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because it was an inconsequential goal. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Braden Shen, you know, missed a golden opportunity in the second period. And he makes up for it. Uh, but at that point in the game, I mean, like, it was, you know, what was that? kind of midway through the third period um yeah. you know that just the way the, the, 80, the, the 808 mark so there's yeah. a little less than 12 minutes to go right and at that point in the game i don't think you know you got the feeling that you know the blues were going to score another couple of goals and and tie it up but at right. least they made it interesting at the time but yeah that's you know a soft goal but at the end of the day like you can let in a soft goal if it's you know a 5-2 game you don't want to let in a soft goal when it's a you know a one goal game so right. i mean it was you know, unfortunately, timing is Bennington... everything. Yeah, exactly. So it was unfortunate that Bennington coughed the puck up, which led to the the Connor goal. But you know, look at Braden Shen's a good player. He scored a lot of goals in his career. But yeah, that's one that I mean, Hellebuck. It's the cliche, but he will he will literally be thinking about that one, and that one will be bugging him probably in his sleep tonight. Yeah, no question about it. But to, to the Jets' credit, after the Blues cut it to that 4-2, uh, 4-2 lead for the Jets, the Jets did a good job uh, of really shutting everything down. It was pretty calm at that point in time. We've seen plenty of Jets teams in the past that you know give up that weak goal, and then all of a sudden it would be a tire fire in their own end. And it wasn't that for the remainder of the game. And then the game was sealed with 2 minutes and 28 seconds to go. Cole Perfetti gets his second of the season. It's into the empty net assist to Josh Morrissey. Uh, we don't generally break down empty net goals very much here, but I just want to highlight two things. One, Perfetti's on the ice in a late game situation, albeit a 4-2 game, not a yep. one goal game, but Perfetti's on the ice, which I think is another example of how the coaching staff is getting more trust in him late in those situations, late in the game. And it's just a good play by both Morrissey and Perfetti to get a clean breakout from the Jets' own zone. And then Perfetti, uh, he's got time and space and he's able to hit the empty net. So just well played in the sense of 
just keeping your composure and, and, and Perfetti getting that opportunity later in the game and making no mistake about it to give the Jets that 5-2 lead there, Mr. Ginsburg. Perfetti deserves to be on the ice in that yeah. situation. He's been playing really well. And, you know, a couple of weeks back when I was in Grand Forks and wasn't on the show, I caught it on the replay and you guys were talking about Cole Perfetti's usage. Not not necessarily center versus wing, because clearly, I mean, Gabe Velarde, that injury, you know, that the, the coaching staff decided to move him to the wing. I do think the plan is to eventually move him back to center. I'm not sure if that happens, you know, the minute that Gabe Velarde, or the game that Gabe Velarde comes back. But I think usage more so in how much even strength ice he's getting, because, you know, he's going to get mm-hmm. his power play time, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, good on Perfetti, and you're absolutely right, like, you know, just under a, four, just under fourteen minutes at even strength. Thirteen fifty-one today at even strength. Right, and and the thing with Perfetti that you know we've been talking about, you know, we were talking with Craig Button about this, you know, the night that the Jets drafted Cole Perfetti, but you know, it really is his smarts, right? Like the guy is just, he just knows where to be, and mm-hmm. on that on that empty nickel, yeah, we're not going to break the actual, you know, you know. 100 foot shot uh down but it's just more so like you know the the fact that he just knows he he just had good positioning there and you know he's a good defensive player that's the thing too like people think you know because of his numbers in the Ontario Hockey League like no Perfetti is a well-rounded player he always has been mm-hmm. uh we just haven't seen him a lot at the NHL level and he hasn't been deployed in those situations right like you forget I mean Cole Perfetti missed a lot of hockey last year and yeah. you know he hasn't been put in those situations so I think you're going to see that more and more and he deserves it he really does he's you know the last four five six games um you know he had a rough start to the season right like turning the puck over making some mistakes and uh you know now his game is starting to come in and him Ehlers and Nemesnikov I mean it's a great line they're not going to be breaking that up anytime soon no, look, Cole Perfetti, his next game, presum- uh, presumably he'll play on Thursday night uh, against the Nashville Predators. That's game number 82 in the NHL for his career. So that's just where he's finally reached one full season worth of games. Uh, and that comes on Thursday night. So, yeah, certainly the sky is still the limit uh, for Perfetti, who very quietly has nine points in 12 games this year. And so if Cole Perfetti all of a sudden can be a 60-point guy for the Winnipeg Jets this season, well, then you know that. And uh, Doug's that really got the, – you've got the comment up from Doug. And, and and I agree. I just wonder, like, you know, with Kupari – pardon me, Kupari, with uh, Gabe Velarde coming back, yeah, um, we know that there's a good chance that he's going to go on on the right wing on that top line. I just feel like I, I don't know. Come, I, I, I mean, the question is, and we'll talk about it probably more on Saturday and in the coming weeks. You know, if the Jets are still healthy forward wise, when Velarde comes back, who comes out of the lineup? Because right now, you know, there's not it's one not an player. Easy choice. No, and that and that speaks to the depth and how well the fourth line is playing. I mean, yeah. the obvious you know choice would be Gustafson because he was he was a healthy scratch and he wasn't in the lineup um but he's been playing really well right he's got a couple mm-hmm. of goals so you know you would think it would be one of Baron or or um Gustafson, Gustafson. but yeah, Baron I don't know I don't know I, it's 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 a coin flip really I mean I don't you ideally don't want to take either of those guys out of the lineup right and so I mean I, I would probably say Gustafson um, but I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have, as you always say, right, Drew, like, mm-hmm. it's not like in previous years when you knew, uh, you know, who was coming to the lineup, right? Like you knew it was going to be last year, like Axel Janssen Fialbi or Carson Kuhlman, right. right? Like no offense to those guys, but 
um, you know, David Gustafson and Morgan Barron are better players than those guys at this point in their careers, right? And actually, yeah. Anson Fialbi's having a good season with the Moose, and he could get a call-up if the Jets have injuries. Dominic Toninato right now is the 13th forward. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a good question. I'm not sure who the Jets send down. I mean, sorry, Toninato will be most likely the forward that's sent down. But you're talking right. about but who will come out of the who top comes out. Ball. I'm not. I'm not talking right. about the 13th skater. I'm talking right. about who comes out of the lineup. And you know what? That's a Obviously, the Jets are still a couple weeks away from where that becomes an issue, but it's not that far off on the horizon, uh, and it'll certainly be a topic of conversation over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Winnipeg Jets win tonight, 5-2 over the St. Louis Blues. They wrap the road trip with two wins and one loss. Uh, they move into a tie for second place in the Central Division with the Colorado Avalanche, albeit the Avalanche still with a couple games in hand, and it's far too early in the season to be looking that closely at the standings, so we won't do that. When we come back, more on tonight's Jets-Blues game, a little preview of the Jets and the Predators on Thursday night, tough duck, hardest-hitting comment, plus whatever other nonsense Ezzy and I come up with on this Tuesday night. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsberg with you. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave, and thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Are you dreaming of your very own backyard rink this winter but dreading the work involved? Well, stress no longer because the Rink Guys are here to make it happen. The Rink Guys are Winnipeg's first outdoor skating rink installation and rink maintenance service. The Rink Guys offer free site evaluations and different rink construction options. 
Plus, they use a custom-sized liner to prevent any damage to your lawn. Lighting packages are also available to help illuminate your rink during those long, dark winter nights. To get your rink started today, visit therinkguys.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 10.25 in the evening. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsberg with you on this Tuesday night. Thursday night, Jets and the Predators post-game. Same time, 9.30, give or take a couple minutes. We will be back talking about another Central Division matchup between two teams that uh, have a long history with one another. The Jets and the Predators do. The Jets certainly on a better trajectory than the Predators are on currently. But nonetheless, it will be a very good battle in downtown Winnipeg on Thursday night. Ryan O'Reilly, I don't know if you saw, had three goals and four points the other night. I forget who they were playing, but I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the 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 Predators, I don't think at the end of the day are are going to be in the same position as the Jets. I just don't think they're as talented. But I mean, as long as you've got UC Soros and Roman Yossi on the back end, yeah, uh, and and Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, they just. They, they don't have the same – Philip Forsberg is off to a they good don't have start the depth. Well. They don't have the depth. They have some nice pieces, and, they, and they're always going to work hard. You know, we remember that last year when they were playing basically the they were they they were basically the Milwaukee Admirals. How right. hard of an out they were! Remember, they went into uh, Calgary and and beat the Flames in that must win game towards the end of the year, where the flit to eliminate uh, the Flames from playoff contention. Um, and the Jets, you know, almost nearly got bit by the Predators on a couple different occasions as well. They also um, seem to these two teams always bring out the best in each other, right? Like, that's right. It's it's never going to be like there's always going to be pushing and shoving after the whistle, like that type of stuff, even though, you know, the Predators aren't, uh, you know, the 117 point team or however many points they had that year in, in 2017-18. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. It's always good when the Jets and Preds meet. A couple of quotes from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room tonight. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, of course, has been on this entire trip. And so many of the so much of the audio and so much of the reporting, uh, you have to give credit to the Free Press for sending Mike out on the road. And of course, Ken will be out on the road as well. Our buddy Ken Weeb. Uh, Mike McIntyre in the Jets dressing room. This is Alex Iafallo, uh talking about Neil Pionk scoring one day after speaking at Adam Johnson's celebration of life. Quote, it was a hell of a feeling to see him smile and get that goal. Just the stuff we've been through the past couple of days for him to get that. It was pretty special. Uh, continuing on the same vein, uh, Jets interim head coach Scott Arneal on the Neil Pionk goal. Quote, that was big. I know it hit him on the bench there after he did it. And you saw the emotion, uh, you know, uh, on the on the broadcast. Everyone felt it a little bit. It's probably been a bit of a release for him to get on the ice and just play and maybe not think about everything that's gone on. And you certainly did get to see um, Neil Pionk's emotion. And uh, final quote goes to Ayafalo. Again, he had four assists. That's a career high for him. Uh, who all, you know, And he also attended, of course, the funeral and celebration of life for Adam Johnson. Very emotional. They, they played together for the University of Minnesota Duluth. There you go. Exactly right. right. There's the context. Obviously, Pionk. Uh, Dominic Toninato was on that team. Yeah. 
And I think they may have even played together uh, for the Ontario Reign of, in the AHL yeah. when they were both yeah. with the Kings organization. So Correct. long history between those guys. So to have Pionk score uh, in tonight's game and Ayafalo to have a career high four assists in tonight's game, it really is a bit of a special moment. Uh, very emotional. Uh, he loved Adam. I owe it to his family and everything. He was a hell of a player, a hell of a friend. I could go on and on about that. So you do, again, you know, anytime you see people struggling uh, and, and, and then they can find something where they can find some solace or they can find uh, something that can uh, put a smile on their face and, you know, in the midst of a tragedy, you have to enjoy that just from a purely human perspective. And that's what you saw tonight with Alex Iafalo and Neil Pionk and some of those other members of the Winnipeg Jets who have certainly had a very emotional time as of late. Ezzy, we wrap up the show like we always do with the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. The Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Big thanks to Tough Duck for their continued sponsorship of the Illegal Curve postgame show. Just like before when we did the Seagram shot of the game, big thanks to our friends at Seagram's as well. So many of our sponsors are have been long-term supporters of the show, and that's why we encourage all of you, our loyal audience, to support our loyal sponsors. And perhaps just like our friends at Farmery, you know, pick up a, an Illegal Curve beer to uh, watch with the occasional Jets game and, of course, consume all of your alcoholic beverages respectively. Responsibly. Ezzy, who gets the tough duck hardest hitting comment tonight? Before we get into the tough duck hardest hitting comment, a few people, I've seen a few people, and I'm not sure if you've received any, you know, DMs or, or texts. The illegal curve farmery beer is only available right now yes. in Winnipeg. You have to go to the two Donald retail location. Hopefully it'll, you know, maybe be available elsewhere. But Number so two right Donald now, right now you can't get it outside. Jay Berkowitz was asking, I believe he's in down in Florida. Uh, somebody else that I know uh, who lives in Toronto was asking about it. So I know Farmery does sell beer uh, in other provinces in Western Canada. I believe that they're in Saskatchewan and Alberta. I'm not sure if Farmery sold in BC, but I do know that Farmery is sold in Alberta and, and Saskatchewan. So you can't get, uh, you know, the Farmery light illegal curve beer uh, outside, but you can go to Two Donald. Drew and I were there. We were talking to our girl, Jessica. She yeah. hooked us up. Super nice woman. Um, and yeah, so you have to go to two Donald to pick up your illegal curve beer and it's, uh, limited, uh, you know, available now, but tell them illegal quantities last as they say, right? Exactly. While quantities last, we know that the, uh, uh, the demand is increasing uh, day by day. So be sure to get your beer, your illegal curve farmery light lager at number two, Donald street, tough duck, hardest hitting comment, Mr. Ginsburg, who gets it tonight? Yeah, it's uh, it's not C-3PO from Star Wars, it's IC-3PO. So maybe that's the illegal curve version of, of C-3PO, I'm not sure. I'm not that sure if that sense. avatar is there either. It looks like maybe a ring on a finger or something. Um, but we're going to give it to, if the Jets can come somehow acquire, if I can read properly, yeah. if the Jets can <laughs> We're going to give it to Ezzy's literacy teacher because <laughs> they failed miserably at their job. Yeah, obviously I forgot how to read IC-3PO. If the Jets can somehow acquire a top 4D, we would be serious contenders. We have forward depth, just need that top four, like Oilers got Ekholm. The reason why I like that comment is obviously has nothing to do, uh, you know, with tonight's game. But, I mean, you do wonder, I mean, with the Jets' forward depth, I mean, it's clear uh, that if the if Chevy does, you know, go big game hunting, it would be for a top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think it's, you know, interesting because, yeah, we're only 12 games into the season now. Um but, you know, teams have made moves 
prior to the, well before the trade deadline, right? Like it, it seems like every year there's a team that swings a trade. I'm not saying the Jets will anyways. I just like that comment because I agree. I mean, I think right now the Jets are a very good team and we're a long way from talking about them being a, a serious cup contender. But I think as the months pass and as we get closer and closer, you know, towards the end of the season into January and February, that's what, you know, all of us, you know, Huss and Remus are going to be talking about it on Winnipeg Sports Talk. You know, Kenny and Rennie are going to be talking about it on their show. Um, so I like that comment. So IC3PO, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. Slide into my DMs on X, that hellscape as Drew calls it. Um, <laughs> send me your mailing address and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. And you need a toque right now. I'm sure you could, you probably could have had a toque on and an umbrella too, because it was it was snowing, it was sleeting, it was raining, mm. like it was hailing. It was very weird. It took me 45 minutes to get from downtown to River Heights today after work. So that wasn't fun. No, that sounds completely miserable. So I'm glad you experienced that and I didn't because, uh, yeah, I would. Uh... Well, you just stick to the south end, Drew. You don't venture, you don't venture anywhere out of the, uh, you know, the Crescentwood River Heights area. That's right. Yeah, the area that Drew built. That's what, that, that's yeah. what it's known as exactly. colloquially. Uh, nonetheless, Winnipeg Jets win 5-2 tonight. Next in action, Thursday night, post-game show, 9.30 p.m. on Thursday night. We'll see everybody back here for that. We want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors who make the post-game show a possibility. Our friends at Betway, they're the title sponsor of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, all long-term sponsors so we'll have tough so are tough duck farmery brewing their brand new with of course the illegal curve beer as we've been talking about our friends at boston pizza we're gonna na- we're just nailing down the next date for our boston pizza live on location we'll have news on that front for you very very quickly we're just trying to you know just fine-tuning that make sure that right date is, is, is coming right up uh, we're gonna be friends- reunited with spency again i love it I know you and Spencey, you know, reunited and it feels so good, but smells so bad. Uh, Seagram's Rollies transfer the rink guys. And like I mentioned, our friends at Farmery support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. 5-2 Jets victory. Much more on tonight's victory on illegalcurve.com. So be sure to check that out for all your latest Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose news and audio. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button on our youtube channel subscribe to our youtube channel subscribe to the podcast and leave us feedback here there and everywhere always want to know what you have to say about these programs we put together for mr ezra ginsburg i'm your host drew mandel thanks for joining us everyone until thursday at 9 30 p.m we wish you good night and good luck and thanks for watching the illegal curve post game show Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.